en hartelike goeiemorgen, welkom by ons program Skriftierik, waar ons wekelijk saam na oplossing soek uit die skrifte, vervra waarmee gewone mense sikkel. Die Bijbel sê in Johannes 17, 17, jy woord is waarheid, heilig hulle na jy woord, en Psalm 119, 105 sê, jy woord is een lamp vir my voete en een licht vir my pad. Kom dan saam met ons vir die volgende uur, wanneer ons geen steen onaangeraag laat om die waarheid te vind en licht te skyn op die vraag uit die skrifte waarmee ek en jy mondlik kan worstel nie. Kry dus gauw jou bybel en kom onderzoek saam met ons die skrifte. Dis moes nou skriftierlik. Deel ons passie vir die lewe op 657 Radio Kansel en 729 Kaapse Kansel. Ja, dis waar jy ingeskakel is, die oorloos in die meer so 6 minuut oor die alf en een hartelike warme Radio Kansel. Goeiemorgen, Abosheni, Molweni, Dumelang, Sanbonani, goeiemorgen and to my English brothers uh, here in stereo. What shall I say? Uh, good morning, brothers. Uh, Pastor Rocky Stevenson, how are you doing? Very well in yourself. Thank you, Vainant. By the grace of the good Lord. Won't you kindly introduce the young gentleman that you brought with us uh, for us this morning? Yeah, definitely. Um, I brought um, Aidan once before into studio, so he's been here once before at Radio Pulpit. And then I've got Jason as well with me. So it's a joy to have these young men with me. And um, both of them part of Benoni Bible Church and a joy to bring them with to see what what the studio looks like and to you know just yeah have have some backup support so if we get some difficult yes difficult questions this morning we just pass that on to them and see how uh, uh, the leaders of tomorrow act on these things no definitely i mean these guys are in their teens so yeah one sixteen one fifteen right yeah sixteen and fifteen so you know, they know all the answers at the uh, moment. I know at that age, so, we know everything. Don't so those we? listeners listening in, send the questions. Yeah, send them yeah. In. Down at that age, 15 and 16, they know everything. They've got all life's answers to the difficulties that we sometimes face. So Wonderful. Aiden, Jason, good morning to you. Welcome. Wonderful to have you in studio with us. And uh, to you at home, at work, in your car, wherever you are on God's earth this morning, warm-hearted good morning. Die uh, program tot in met 12 uur vanmorgen. And what we do in this program, uh, we try, we endeavor, we trust the Lord to quicken our spirit, to give us answers to life's difficult questions. Maybe you're struggling with a lifestyle question. You're welcome to pose it uh, to us. Send it to us on WhatsApp. I'm going to give you the WhatsApp number in a moment. Now, uh, the past has taught us that uh, that piece of paper and that pen is not where you left it last time. It's gone now. So you better get your contacts open on your cell phone or grab a piece of paper, start looking for a pen and jot down the number. I'm going to give it to you in a Mo, so uh, jot it down. That's the only way that you can uh, take part in uh, Scriptulic Scriptural this morning by sending in a WhatsApp. But you need a special number for that. So get that pen, get that paper, and if you've got a question, we'd love to say, doesn't it say in God's Word? But do you actually know where it says in God's Word? Have you read the Scripture in context? Do you understand it when the Word of the Lord? We easily use Rocky, and you can help me out on this one. We easily use the Scripture where two or three are gathered in His name. We love saying that from the pulpit. But if you read it in context, where it is said in God's Word, then we quote it out of context, don't we? Definitely. The context is really church discipline. And 
Matthew chapter t- chapter 18, yes. where you see after you've approached your brother who has sinned against you and you bring another one with you and there's still a lack of repentance and you take this matter before the church and at the end of the process, if you've made that decision to yeah. put the person out of fellowship, Christ says there I'm with you where yeah. two or three are gathered in my yeah. presence. And, and that's the so context. In particular regarding the assembly of the saints. So and, and, and often this is used within the context of a prayer meeting. They'll yeah. say where two or three are gathered. And it almost if you take it to its logical conclusion, then it would say, Well, when you're praying alone, God's not there. You've got to get yeah. one or two brothers with you to <laughs> yeah. pray. And so often we don't take these things to the, the logical outcome of yeah. of that thought. Right. And we use a passage just out of its context. So indeed we want to use the passages in their context and seek to honor the Lord by mm-hmm. keeping his word within the context. All right, and that's what we aim to do in this program. I pray that the the giver of languages, God our Father in heaven, die hy wat Babylon verskrik het nie, die toring van Babel wil ek amper sê omgestamp het en die tale aan die nasies van die aarde geet. Whether it is that you're speaking Klaza, Zulu, Peri, Tswana, whatever it is, Chinese, uh, Afrikaans, English, whatever the language, Greek, that God would uh, reveal to your heart this morning what we're talking about. Right, I've promised you a number. Here's that number. Are you ready? Did you find that pen? Here's the number. It's on the Vodacom Network 082 Aiden Jason. You better listen carefully. I'm going to ask you for that number in a moment, and you better listen carefully what that number is. 082, that's on the Vodacom network. That's what you start the number with. Then the number 654, which, by the way, is the same frequency on, which we're broadcasting at the moment. Then the number 2, we say from the 1 to the other, and then 729. Our sister station down in the Western Cape, their frequency down there, 729. Let's put it together for you. Here it is, 082 657 2729. I can actually see these guys just clicking over. Uh, the gas just running over time there. Spray some Q20 there, guys, so that uh, I'm going to ask you in a moment for that number. No, I won't do that to you. My yes, by welcome then on the Vraag in the Stier for us. Op daar die nummer, and we'll endeavor uh, with the leading of God's Spirit. Please pray for us. If you're not sending in any questions, please pray for us that God would quicken our spirit, supernaturally show us where to find these scriptures, and that we can discuss. If you may Maybe you got some other understanding of the scripture. You're welcome to send it in. 082-657-2729. Rocky, we brought these young men in this morning because we wanted to start off with a very interesting question, uh, particularly when it comes to young gentlemen like we have in studio. How can a young man keep his ways pure? What would you like to ask Aiden and Jason? What would you advice would you give him as a pastor what does the word of god say with regards to that yes and um what a wonderful question and this is exactly the question that psalm 119 verse 9 says psalm 119 verse 9 you remember that psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the bible oh, yes um it's god's golden alphabet as charles spurgeon put it what marvelous um section in god's word an acrostic psalm where the psalmist took this it took the Hebrew alphabet and he looks at eight verses or eight stanzas in it. Well, eight 
distinct sentences within each stanza, in 23 stanzas, and he really expounds on the Word of God and uses the whole range of the alphabet that is available to him to do that. And right there in the beginning, in verse 9, it says, How can a young man keep his way pure? And it says this, By keeping it according to your word. And that's really the answer that the Scriptures give. And picture your way as and your way of life, the way that you live, as being something like a treasure. You only have one of it. You've, it's a limited time. There's a, an appointed time for man to die, and then there's judgment. So even for Jason and Aidan that are here, they've got one life to live. How do they keep their way in such a way that is pure, that is right before the Lord? And in many respects, the, the picture that comes to mind is you're stationed as a guard or as a soldier to guard this way. And you guard this way with something very precious, a weapon that God has given you called the Word of God. That's two-edged sword that is sharper than any, it really just pierces between um, joint and marrow and soul and spirit. And the rest of that section in Psalm 119 from verse 10 to 16 in that stanza, Beth, is a, a wonderful place to look at. It says this, with all my heart, I sought you. Do not let me stray from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Yahweh. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have recounted all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies. As much as in all riches, I will make, I will muse rather upon your precepts and look upon your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. What a wonderful section. So in verse 10 to 11, you see, there's a couple of questions that I could even ask you as a young man when you think through this. Where's my heart as regards to the to the Word of God? Where's yeah. my heart at? Yeah. Have I given all my heart and have I treasured God's Word in my heart? Because that would be the way that you guard your way. You need to be treasuring God's Word, seeing it as precious, seeing it as, as something costly to you. And in verse 12 to 13, where are my lips at regarding the Word of God? Because this heart work impacts the lips. The yes. lips begin to now adore God. I'm, am I praising the Lord with my lips? Am I able to recite the scriptures because I've memorized them? The Bible teaches us that what comes out of the mouth is what the heart is full of. And so if scripture is on your mouth, then scripture is in your heart. If there's never scripture on your lips, then you probably never got scripture in your heart, which means that your way is not being guarded in the way that God has prescribed your way to be guarded. How do you keep your way pure? Well, you've got to have the scriptures in your heart, and you've got to have that coming from your lips. In verse 14, how are my affections regarding the word of God? You know, do I see the scriptures as a treasure that I rejoice over? What we do is the things that we actually love to do. Yeah. The very yeah. reason that anybody ever sins is because people like to sin. And that's why they sin, because they treasured that. And so you always have this competition in your heart going, am I going to love this thing in the world more or this thing of my flesh more or this thing of Satan more? Or am I going to love the word of God? Let's make it real. Yeah, we've got some young guys here in studio with us. Jason, when I ask you a question, you heard what uh, Pastor Rocky said now. Uh, how, how, how difficult it, is it at your age? I'm talking peer pressure here. When when everybody else is going the world's way, at your age, school, wherever you are, how, how difficult is it 
to 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 be out there and say, you know, I love the word of the Lord, or uh, won't people label you as a Bible basher, uh, a Jesus freak? Uh, how difficult is it? Um, well, in my personal experience, it is quite difficult. Um, often, um, young kids like myself included. Um, and you are older? 17. 17, right? Um, I, we often think that um, if we say certain things, say enough regarding the scriptures, All right. that we're going to be marked as a, a Bible freak or. A Jesus freak, yeah. Yes, right. um, and be criticized about it. Okay. Um, and often, when we actually express what the scriptures say, we get a totally different response in what we're expecting. Such as um, like what? Give me an example. Um, I asked I asked this one guy, uh, one of my mates. Yeah. Um, does he have any Christ, uh, questions on scriptures? Yeah. Um, and he actually asked me a couple of questions. Amazing. Um, and when I turned to the Bible and I gave him the scripture verses, um, he actually was more intrigued um, in knowing the Bible. Um, I gave him one of the one one book that one of my pastors gave me, Pastor. Yeah. Tom Wilson. Yeah. Um, he gave me a book to give to other people. Um, and I gave him that book. And he was more, right. he was so intrigued in knowing the word. And you expected the opposite. And I expected you, the, the total you, opposite. You were totally blown away by that. Yes. Aiden, is it difficult? Uh, yeah, it is very difficult. Because when you see all these other people doing things, it's not easy to go... Well, it's not easy to go against the flow. Because... As humans, we naturally go towards our, what our flesh wants. and ah, ah, Oh, oh you use the as humans one. All right. So does it make it difficult for you when there's especially a lot of goals around as well to stick to God's word and choose the narrow road? Is it, is it difficult sometimes? Yeah, it, it is difficult. And that's why there is the narrow road to heaven and the wide road to hell. Yeah. Because it, it's a lot more difficult to follow God's word and live a, a pleasing life to him than it is to do your own thing all right would you like to conclude this first rocky yeah continuing just thinking about verse 15 where it says i will muse upon your precepts yeah and this is a big aspect for young men in particular Very what are you actually so. musing upon what are you thinking about yeah because what you're thinking about is often what you will end up doing and so he says there i'll muse upon this this is something that I'm going to think about. And you ask yourself then as a young man, well, what am I thinking about? What am I filling my mind with that is causing me to think about these things? Yeah. Because you're always active in your mind. Yeah. You know, even as young men, men don't think about nothing. Yeah. Yes, they have no. a nothing box sometimes, but they're thinking. <laughs> they, and you're always thinking about something. Something's yeah. there. Something's occupying your thinking. Very and you so. are speaking to yourself in many respects now the question is do you listen to yourself or do you listen to the word of god and then in verse 16 where it says um, you could ask yourself where is my commitment because the commitment of the psalmist he says i shall delight in your precepts i shall not forget your word and so there's a level of of ardent commitment where you go this is something that i'm going to delight myself in i Beautiful. choose to delight myself in god's word and i'm committed to not forget this and in a passage like Psalm 1 comes to mind, which is such an excellent passage. I mean, we know Psalm 1 yeah. generally off by heart. How do, It's the blessed way of a man. And as you think through Psalm 1, you wonder to yourself, well, what company am I keeping? 
because that would make a big difference towards a Jason and an Aidan mm, and what, other yeah, I'm young known men by my friends, that are eh? seeking to honor the Lord. Well, yes. what company do I keep? Yeah. What counsel do I receive? Who Wonderful. do I sit with, stand with, and walk with wow. along the way? And then, you know, if you if you think of a New Testament passage, First Corinthians fifteen thirty three to thirty four, where Paul says, "Do not be deceived." Bad company corrupts good morals. Wow. So you could have had some good morals, but when you're keeping good, bad company, now the Bible doesn't tell us to be uh, not in this world. We're yeah. in this world, but we're not of, of this, this world. world. And yeah. as those that seek to honor Christ, we realize that. We realize when we come across people that do not know Christ, like a friend that we give a tract to yeah. or who we're talking to, we recognize that we're there to impact them. Not them to impact us, so but there true. is that whole saying of when somebody's standing on a desk and somebody's standing on the floor, it's going to be easier for the one on the floor to pull you down. Yeah. And then this is what Paul says after he says, bad company corrupts good morals. He says, be- become righteously sober-minded and stop sinning, for some have no knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. And so we see that. Um, what... What contemplations am I having? What am yeah. I thinking about? Yeah. What am I doing Back in my life in that again. way? Again, mm. you know, what are the um, w- another aspect to think on as a young man is is on condemnation, and we can't not think about condemnation. The Bible speaks about this yeah. because Psalm one talks of this: the way of the wicked they have condemnation, yeah. but the way of the righteous they don't have condemnation. They stand before the Lord. And like Psalm, or rather like Romans 8, and that famous passage, Romans 8 verse 1, there is therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. For a man to keep his ways, he must be kept by the Lord Jesus. He must be in the Lord Jesus and found in the Lord Jesus, who is the grand subject of all the scriptures. How does a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. What does God's word show us? It shows us that God has made a payment for our sin, has given us a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we must be found in him if we're going to be found in him at all. So as as a, those are some of the scriptures that come to mind. There's a few aspects of advice that I think are just some general advice that, that comes to mind as well. And one of that is don't trust yourself. And people think that that's weird to say that, you know, in our day. Don't trust yourself. But who should you trust? Jesus. That's who you trust. And that's Proverbs 3 verse 5. Trust in Yahweh with all your heart and do not lean on your your own understanding. Beautiful. But how many young people do we see that that lean on their own understanding? They think, okay, well, now that I'm 15, 16, 17, I now know about life and I'm going to go my own way. But the Bible tells us that there's a way that seems right in a man's eyes, but its end is destruction. And look around you and see what has happened in the world. When people go their own way, when they sit under their own tree and do what's right in their own eyes. We don't do what's right in our eyes. We do what's right in God's eyes. We Mm. follow the scriptures. So the Bible says it, therefore I'll do it. The next one that is a a key, especially for for young men, including older men, flee temptation. Yeah. Now that's a that's a practical one. Flee temptation. Second Timothy two verse twenty two says, "Now flee from youthful lusts, and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace mm. with those who call on the name of the Lord from a pure heart." I mean, what a passage that yeah. is! 
and especially with uh, with the uh, the availability of pornography on on it's it's literally a touch of a button and it's there and, and these guys are facing an onslaught on their souls Definitely. like like you you cannot believe and especially it's back to peer pressure again when a bunch of young guys are together and look at this and this picture and that picture and before you know it it's out there and you need to guard your hearts against this mm-hmm. right superstuff 0826572729 that's the number in a studio Christine bless your heart thank you so much Let, uh, on the topic of uh, the talking to young people here she's got a very interesting question there Rocky she says who jaag jy enige iets soos a gees wat op jou kinders aankleef weg uh, is there such a thing is it a scriptural concept that the spirit can cling or or take possession of your 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 child your son your daughter uh, what is the word? And I'm thinking of that guy in the graves, uh, Gedaro, uh, the the old Albany Lake Fun Galilea, Knesseret, that was um, uh, how many a legion of demons inside of him. But she's asking a very interesting question: C- Can this happen to our children? I mean, look at these young guys; they they young. What do we answer her? Yeah, I, I think that we we do need to be cautious. What I have seen too often is that we will easily blame the demonic Mm. for areas where we have failed as parents or where our children are, where we just can't believe that our children would be sinful. And so I think we we do need to be careful. And I think that it is a very much a case-by-case situation. Oftentimes, there is a rampant pursuit of wicked behavior when there is no proper consequence for sin. And so I would say that as a caveat, not saying that people are not today demon-possessed or that we don't have demon oppression. Of course, that is something that demons are very much real, very much still active in our world. We're not commanded to go out and become demon hunters or to become demon uh, people that are seeking to just chase out demons wherever we are. What I would say the best is, is to teach the gospel to your child and to teach the word of God. And to be diligent as parents doing what we see in Deuteronomy 6 of, uh, by the way, while you're walking, while you're sitting, while you're having food, with everything that you're doing, have the word of God be saturated in your living and in your, in your commitments as a family. Take your children with you to worship the Lord at your local assembly as part of the body of Christ. Be committed as Christians, as parents, and pray for the salvation of your children's souls. That which actually um, transfers us, and this is from Colossians 1, verse 12. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light, who rescued us from the authority of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The one who transfers us from the kingdom of darkness is Christ. Yes. And so that's the one that he's the one that you need to be giving to your children. Anybody that is not a child of God is a child of Satan. And that's yeah. what we have to realize is that they are able to be used of Satan in that way. Yeah. They are an open you know, they, they're an open soul that's, that's able to take 
a demon. Now there are those that would open themselves more towards that when they're taking place in they're doing like occultic practices yeah. or they're involved in things that they really shouldn't be with spiritual things. There's widgie boards and there's tarot cards and there's witchcraft yeah. and there's and all of these all there's all of, of these yeah. things that people can really fill their life with that can oh can can open this. But what I would say as well is that that many a times a parent needs to look at themselves and they need to look at where have I sinned against the Lord? We have not obeyed his word and in such a way that my child is now living in this kind of a way. Children, yes, children are sinners themselves, but they also grow up in an environment where they see hypocrisy, where they hear hypocrisy. Mm. And sometimes there's a rebellion within children because they're rebelling against what they've seen in their parents. And sometimes a parent finds it it's almost an easier way out. Oh, well, you must have a demon. But actually, maybe he's just actually been a child that is being rebellious. If it is God that saves our children, Indeed. our sons and daughters, hmm. and we have no say in it, for it is a free gift of God. By mercy, by grace, we are saved. What if your son and your daughter is not saved? They have not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Is it because of, of a, a lack of teaching them God's word? And, and, and what if they grow up? There's uh, young Jason, 17, Aiden, uh, 15, 16. Where do we reach a stage where your young man, woman, turns around and says, Well, I don't want to go to, with, to, to church with you on Sunday. I've, I'm not grown up. I want to do my, my own thing. Well, my advice to a dad like that would be like, okay, well, then uh, you're not welcome in my home. And and why I'm saying that quite quickly, but as long as you're under my roof and as long as my you're house, getting my food roof. from my table and as long as you're in my home, then you're going to do what your dad and mom teach you and what we what we say because you're a tenant here still and you're not paying rent. You know, so I think that, that a parent needs to actually be the parent. And I think too often a, a parent has handed over the authority of being an adult and being the parent to their children at too young an age. Yeah. Now, of course, there's a reasoning, there's a working with, there's a relationship. I'm not saying that you don't have that. Yeah. And I think that it makes it a lot easier for a child to want to be with parents at the church service or the prayer meeting or etc. when there is that good relationship between dad and son or dad and daughter. But, um, you know, if, if a child is not willing to, to listen to mom and dad, um, I think you've got some deeper root issues that that are possibly there beforehand and some discipline areas. And, and here's one of the areas that I'd say and encourage parents towards is you can be vulnerable before your children. You can be vulnerable about the fact that you've made mistakes, that yeah. you have sinned, that you have fallen short of the glory of God, that there is a way of righteousness within the word of God that is higher than you. You, yeah. can, you can confess before them when you have sinned. And where you have where you have fallen short, whether this, they're unsaved or not, and this often goes such a long way because yeah. a parent is it's good for a parent to be introspective and to go, well, how have I been raising this child? Yeah. You know, where where have I possibly allowed influences into their life that I've not really because as parents we all make mistakes. Know, isn't I've it? not really been taking care of these things. Yeah. And and to realize that that we have such a strong responsibility towards raising our children, um, and to to just keep on giving them the word of God, praying with your children, um, continuing to to take them by the hand. What I would also say as a side note as well, it is also good to look physiologically at our children as well. There's sometimes medications that have side effects 
that cause a child to seem like they just out of their mind. And so it's a good thing to actually have a whole assessment of your child. You know, um, I'm not saying that demon possession is not possible. Yeah. But what I am saying is there's a lot of other elements sometimes to also look at and go, is there ways that we've actually been raising our children that's that's caused them to have an open rebellion towards yeah. mom and dad well hormones play a um, huge role hormones isn't it? or yeah. um, maybe some kind of medication you got it for sinuses but actually one of the side effects that you didn't read is psycho- psychosis yeah. and so the child is now having a form of psychosis or depression or etc so it's good to actually have a full rounded view and All go right. What are the areas that we need in? What are we missing? What are the things? And then the child themselves as well. When there's sin in the life of a child, um, in the life of any person, there tends to be a spiral where you have shame and guilt and depression. And so you might be wondering, okay, but maybe these are the things that are impacting you and you need to actually have just a a heart-to-heart conversation. And then at times, and here's another aspect which I think would be helpful, is that, that if you're part of the body of Christ then you've got older brothers, older sisters, you've got elders or pastors that you can go to with your child and you can sit down and say, well, we need some help here and we're willing to listen. Would you please help us? Because these are some of the challenges that we are facing. Is there a way that you can help us to think through this? But if the child is is wanting to change as well, that makes a huge difference. All right. But be faithful in, in, in serving the Lord and be faithful in continuing to, to honor Christ. So our question, our answer to this question, uh, how do you get rid of that spirit that's clinging onto your child, that's taken possession of your child, is not so much the spirit, but the focus on Christ itself. Yes, indeed. It? indeed. Right. Yeah, the best is to just run to Christ, yeah. look to him and depend upon him, and then, and then seek to put biblical disciplines into right. place in your home. Fantastic. Uh, Christine, bless your heart. Thank you so much for taking part of uh, in this program. And uh, if you want to send in your question, you can so do 082-657-2729. Send your question to Scriptural in ons kyk hierso in die atelier of ons dan uit die skrifte uit die antwoord vir jou kan kry. Wat sê die woord van die Heere? Nou ja, ek uh, kaas sê, ons moet ook um, six speel. I've got Love Revolution on the turntable, a song called Heaven's Anthem. And uh, when we come back, you in the meantime can send your questions. Is the baie interessante een hier gekry wat sê, uh, is it always... Uh, timely to die is it your time to die can this be true is it your time to die when you are murdered shot dead killed car accidents what does the word of god say with regards to that we'll tackle that in a mo but in the meantime uh, time for some music and uh, love revolution a song called heaven's anthem don't try to go away we'll hear until 12 o'clock this our family is just getting bigger and bigger welcome to 657 a.m Welcome to 657 AM. Let me just uh, adjust a couple of buttons here, and uh, now you can hear me loud and clear. Write that uh, contact number 082-657-2729. Somewhat of a different program we have today. We've got some visitors, the young Jason and um, Aiden that came to visit us uh, in studio with uh, Pastor Rocky. And ons doen skriftierlik tot en met 12 uur vandag. Baie dankie vir die vraag wat inkom. As jy een vraag het wat jy graag wil instuur, ons laat een vraag per luisteraar toe. One question uh, per listener 
listener, if you've sent in a question already, please forgive us if we only take one of your questions that you're answering to uh, give somebody else a chance as well. Got this one. It says, I'd like to stay anonymous. Dear Brother Vainant and Rocky, it is said that when you die, it was your time to die. Can this be true? Is it your time to die when you are murdered? When you are shot dead, when you are killed in a car accident or washed away in a river and you drown or perhaps you are poisoned by eating food someone gave to you. What does the word of God say with regards to that? How are we to understand God's word? Um, Rocky, what do we answer this listener? Yeah, um, I, I do want to be sensitive to to the listener in case there's been something uh, traumatic that has happened in the listener's life regarding a family or friends, what I do want to say is that there's no time that God did not know that that person was going to die in that way or in that fashion, and that the Lord is absolutely sovereign over life and death, that no one can even die without God allowing that individual to die. Now, what I do want to give is a couple of principles and some thoughts regarding this, that hopefully will help explain this a bit more. Rocky, can I just intercede there? There is a scripture where it says uh, there's not a sparrow falling on the ground without God knowing about it, isn't it? Indeed, and not even a hair on our head falls to the ground without him giving permission. What I do want to say is that there is um, something to be said regarding God's perfect will and God's permissive will. And much of what we see is God's permissive will. What I mean by that is that it was never God's perfect will that mankind would be put out of the Garden of Eden. It's been God's permissive will that has come into play because man had chosen to sin against God, and thereby death entered the world. And so whenever there is death, it reminds us of the fact that we have sinned against holy God. And so any of this, where there's murder or shot dead or killed in a car accident, um, run, um, you know, flooded and went down a river, the fact that there is death in this world is because man had sinned against God. And so that's why death entered into this world. But the free gift of our Heavenly Father is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so those that are in Christ never really die. Even though their flesh would die, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so there is an eternal life aspect. What I do want to say is that there is something of what I think the Bible does touch on as far as an untimely death. Something where you could have actually been more fruitful in your life, but now you've died a bit earlier. And 1 Corinthians 11 is a good place to look at regarding that. Some of you are sick. Some of you have even fallen asleep because they were eating of the Lord's Supper with the wrong attitude. And so some Christians there would seem to have died as a result of the fact that they were flippantly having of the Lord's Supper not properly judging themselves when it was coming to the Lord. And then a passage like Hosea chapter 4 comes to mind. Hosea 4 verse 6, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because you have rejected knowledge. I also will reject you from ministering as my priest, since you have forgotten the law of your God. I myself also will forget your children. And so there's a direct punishment from God as a result of this rejection of knowledge. And so you could say there's an untimely death where somebody has rejected some common sense or some knowledge, and they actually go into dying earlier because of the fact that they had rejected knowledge. They had rejected God. And you you note when you see this in our world where there's a rejection of God, 
there's more and more destruction and people are dying younger and younger. And so there's an obvious consequence to the way in which people are living. And But what I want to say on the caveat of, or the back of that as well is that every single day of a person's existence has already been prepped before them or made for them. And this is what Psalm 139 verse 15 to 16 says. It says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unshaped substance and in your book all of them were written, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. And so there you can see very clearly God is saying every single day of your existence has already been written. I know exactly how long you're going to live. I know exactly when you're going to die. A similar question actually came from some of the disciples or actually some of those that were in the crowd to our Lord Jesus when there'd been a tower in Galilee that had fallen on some people. And he was asked this question, well, who sinned? Did they sin or did their parents sin that this tower fall on them? And Jesus' answer to that is similar to the answer that we should give to a question like this as well, is those men died not because they specifically deserved that. All of us have deserved death because all of us have sinned. So, therefore, living repentance before God. When these tragic events happen, when somebody is murdered, when somebody is shot, when somebody is killed in a car accident, it really ought to not cause us to think, okay, did that person sin more against God? Did their parents sin more against God? More of it should be, well, all of us need to look at the way that we're living before God. All of us need to realize that at any moment we could die and possibly even deserve to have died. Now, you think of Ananias and Sapphira that come to mind as well in the book of Acts. Remember what happened with them. They were struck dead because they'd lied to the Holy Spirit. And then the scripture says something quite interesting. It says that the whole church was filled with fear. Why would the whole church be filled with fear when Ananias and Sapphira had just been struck dead in a church service? I mean, talk about um, quite a... Quite a sermon or quite a service, right? You have these people. There's the young men at the door. Uh, There's a Jason and there's an Aiden. They just buried your husband. They're going to now bury you. You That's quite scary. And they filled with fear. And I believe that they filled with fear because they all knew that they'd sinned against God in some way. All of us are living by grace. And we live by the mercy of God. It causes us to realize that God is so merciful to the children of men. The fact that we have not absolutely destroyed the whole world is is just amazing. Rocky, I want to go to two scriptures. The one is very, very difficult for people to hear. And and I know I'm treading on thin ice here. And the other one is Isaiah 57 and verse 1. Uh, With regards to the question that you've just given, Isaiah 57 and verse 1 says, The upright man goes to his death, and no one gives a thought to it. And God-fearing men are taken away. Listen to this. And God-fearing men are taken away, and nobody is troubled by it. For the upright man is taken away because of evil doing and goes into peace. Is it sometimes, you've made mention that the spirit of man don't die, the flesh die, yes. Mm. But is it maybe God's will to take 
yes. somebody a way yes. to protect him from the evils Indeed. of this world. Indeed, and that that would be another very good um, place to take us because there are times in the world where the world is so incredibly wicked and where the things around that individual are so incredibly wicked and God knows how to save the righteous and he takes them to be with himself. And you think of somebody like Enoch who walked with God and was no more. Somebody yeah. like Elijah prays to God. He says, Lord, I just want to die. I just want to go and be with you. Yeah. And God takes him home. Now, there's other men like Stephen, who's a young man, gifted young man, who's preaching the gospel and he's stoned. And you've got other martyrs that are killed. And somebody like James, who was part of Jesus' three disciples that went with him, um, his inner close disciples. And James was killed by Herod very soon after our Lord had ascended. Not forgetting that in his death throes, in his final moments, he's seeing the Lord Jesus standing on the right-hand side of God. Indeed. I mean, like Psalm 12 verse 1 says, Save, O Lord, for the godly one is gone. For the faithful have vanished from among the children of men. And you've even got Hebrews chapter 11 with the hall of faith. And there's a statement there that's such a pressing statement. It says, men of whom this world was not worthy. And so at times God removes even the righteous because of the calamity that is around them. So there is those two options. When a Christian dies young, it can be that the Lord is rescuing them. It can also be that they have actually that there's a level of punishment because they've been eating the Lord's Supper in a, in a wrong way, in a wrong fashion, taking lightly the grace that God has given them. So there's, there's a definite complexity to this. But I think that for each one of us, as we think through th- matters of life and death, it is to look and say, where am I at in regard to my walk with the Lord Jesus? Something else that's a principle to think about is that this world doesn't primarily exist for me or for you. It primarily exists to give glory to God. And so our lives are here to give glory to God. And so God has the full right as the one who made the world to do with the world as he wishes to do with the world. Now, that doesn't take away from the fact that man has done some very terrible things. As I look through this list, you know, murdered, shot dead, killed in a car accident. Terrible, yeah. You know, at times, I mean, you think of how many people die because of alcoholism on the roads, and that's often most of the car accidents. Mm. So there's irresponsibility on man's part. And these are things that are absolutely broken to which we have the, the answer. We have a redeemer. We have the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the gospel. And so it ought to put into us even more of an urgency yeah. towards sharing Christ with the world that is around us. Because the way that our world has less of the murders, the shot dead, the killings in car accidents or these things mm. is when the world looks to Jesus and does not reject Christ. Well, there's one that uh, that many atheists are using as an excuse not for following the Lord Jesus Christ to say is, why does a three-year-old boy or girl die in hospital in an oncology ward because of cancer? A loving God, how does he allow cancer? And, and those are difficult questions. Those are difficult things to answer these people, isn't it, Rocky? Oh, definitely. And, and we are so affected by the world that is around us. Yeah. And I, I mentioned this to our to our firm foundations class on Sunday because we looked at the difference between Egypt and Israel and the way that God caused a distinction with the plagues from plague number four. And at times there's no distinction between what the world is facing and what we face as Christians. God doesn't actually make a distinction. And we have the same cancer that the world has. We have the same difficulties. And there is a purpose behind that as well. And that's what Peter tells us. We should always be ready to give a defense of the hope that is in us. For the Christian, when we face these things, we rejoice. We rejoice in our great God who has our life in his hands. 
And so it does take away an element of fear from us. Because should we die, it's because the Lord decided that's the day that we would die. It's like what Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now that other difficult question that people shy away from, and and your predecessor Matt has uh, touched on this scripture before, and, and it's a difficult one. It's Deuteronomy 32 and verse 39. Um, because we tend to sometimes blame Satan, we, we, we blame circumstances, we blame alcoholism, we blame uh, speed in traffic and all sorts of things. And then there's this very, very difficult question, Deuteronomy 30. Would you care to read it, Rocky, and, yeah. and if we can just dissect it and sure. see how says, to... Un- see, see now that I, I am he, and there is no God beside me. It is I who put to death and give life. I have wounded, and it is I who heal, and there is no one who can deliver from my hand. Wow. Yeah. How are we to understand that scripture? Yes, God is the one who is the giver and the taker of life. He is absolutely supreme and absolutely in control. One of the places that I would go to explain this a bit more is somebody like Nebuchadnezzar. You remember what happened with him as he walked around Babylon, and he looks at Babylon and he says, Look at how great this is, this place that I made. And in that moment, because of his pride, God strikes him dead, not dead, down rather, yes. with a, he becomes like an animal. You know, he, he is so humbled by God. He's chased out of the courts. His hair grows. His nails grow. He eats of the grass. And for three years, he's like a beast of the field. Eventually, he realizes and he looks up to heaven and he recognizes, you know what, actually, I'm not that great. God's the one that is that great. And he turns to worship the Lord. And so God does what he pleases in heaven and on earth. I think the reason that we have such a difficulty with this is because of the narcissism with which we've grown up in and the society around us where we tend to think that we're God and that God needs to do what we want him to do. And everything revolves around man, which is exactly the problem of the Garden of Eden. When man had already received everything from him, man says, okay, God's obviously withholding something from me by withholding this one tree in the garden. And Satan says, don't you know, well, if you eat of this, you're going to be like God. And man so badly wants God's position, but he actually cannot get it, no matter how hard he tries. And so God reminds us in a passage like that, I'm God. You guys are not God. Have you been able to stop anything that I've done? Have you been able to change anything that I've done? And what's marvelous about this as well is that he's the one that puts to death, but he's also the one that gives life. And so every baby that is born is an absolute miracle of God's hand. If you think through that whole birth process and the nine months, and the, we've got um, one of the ladies in our church that's near to the birth time, and it's exciting. It's exciting right. to think yes. there's a new baby that's there in the tummy that's that's getting ready one to come out into incredible things into the world. Yeah, and he's the one that gives life. Yeah, and then he also wounds, but he also heals. And there's times where we need to be very sensitive to the disciplined hand of God, because sometimes we can be like a Nebuchadnezzar who actually in pride puffs ourselves up, thinks that we're bigger than what we are, wiser than what we are, greater than what we are. And at times it's when pain comes in. My fellow Elder Henny likes to use the word Mr. Pain. Mr. Pain is a great teacher. And Mr. Pain is a great teacher. We get taught that we are very dependent on the Lord. We need him. 
Right, uh, time has caught up with us. Can you believe it? One hour down the tubes into all eternity. Rocky, if somebody wanted to be in touch with you, uh, where can they get hold of your email address? Yeah, you're welcome to send an email to pastor at bononibiblechurch.co.za. Pastor at bononibiblechurch.co.za. Thank you to each and everyone who had uh, forwarded questions to us today. Bye, thank you for your deal now on the program. Vertrouw that you the program samen to us. Geniet het interessante skrifte, ne? Partijmees of it's a net met van die schriften wat ons hier aanpak en kyk wat bedoel die Heere daarmee in context what does it actually mean time to love and leave you Jason Aiden thank you so much for visiting us today it was wonderful having you young guys with us who knows one day perhaps they'll be pastors or uh, radio announcers doing the very things that we are doing now they are the leaders of tomorrow it's good to listen to Pastor Rocky, Weinand, and Radio Pulpit. Now the responsibility is with you to go and search the Scriptures, Acts seventeen eleven, to see if these things are so. Playing out with Third Day, Lazy Mosley, a song called Born Again. Last question, are you really and truly born again? You know the answer to that. Till next time, keep well. God bless you. Shalom.